Welcome to the Epiphany Movement Podcast. To learn more about the Epiphany Movement, visit us online at epiphanymovement.com. Today's talk comes from Pastor Drake Nelson and is a continuation of the series From Weeping to Worship. I need you to help sing along, and if you don't, this may make for a really awkward couple of moments here, but um, I got a song in mind. I wanted to see if you know it. I hope you do. I know you do, Um, and I can't sing, so there's that as well, but here goes. Anna is thinking, please do not do this. Okay, here goes. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright, holy infant so tender and mild. You guys are amazing. Give it up for yourselves. That was really good. Very, like, way better than I could have do. What I'm asking, though, is like, what about when the silent night comes and knocks on our door? I mean, what happens? We're in this new series called Midnight Worship, and what I'm asking, I, perhaps, I guess, is the question, like, what? When the night really is silent and when there is no communication with God, when you feel like you've been praying, you've done everything that you can do. You've been reading your Bible. You've been trying to draw near to God like James says. You've been asking God. You picked up the phone and said, Hello, God, can you hear me? And you get the little radio silence on the other end of the phone. And so you just kind of hang up. And really, if you were being honest, you feel like you are so far from God that even if he had a megaphone, you really couldn't hear him. Or even worse, You feel like you are trying to do the right things, but yet you still can't communicate with a God, the maker of heaven and earth, and the night really is silent. You have been trying, hear me, to hear from God, but you can't. Do you know what I'm talking about? Do you know those moments? Have you ever been there? It's what I want to talk about today, this morning, and it's so important. Please hear this. I I did not, I did not intend to talk on this. And it's really just kind of came probably in the last 12 hours, this talk, as I'm giving it today. But I think God has a word for somebody here. No, please forgive me. Please forgive me. God, please forgive me. I think that God has a word for everybody here today. I think that He wants to speak, wants to, 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 to expound. I think God wants to move this morning. And so that's what we're talking about, silent night. And, and just to even furthermore go along with the story I told this morning, when you are in the middle between a rock and a hard place, between your truck and the stand, and you are in the middle of nowhere, 
And you say, God, where are you? I need to hear you. And you hear no voice from your heavenly Father. You call out, Dad, 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 will you please come help me? And instead of a voice from your heavenly Father, you hear opposing voices, the voice of the enemy. Something that scares you. Something that makes you shrivel up into a little ball. And when you need, at that very moment, to hear the voice of your heavenly Father, you hear radio sirens, or even worse, you hear the voice of an enemy. And so what do you do in those moments? Because we've all been there. What do you do in those moments is what I want to get at. And so I'm going to ask four questions. I'm going to ask four questions this morning. Two really big statements, and then I think we'll be where we need to go. Four, four questions, two big statements. Question number one is this. Question number one. If you said, Drake, I haven't been hearing from God, I haven't heard from God in a long time, I, 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 would, I would kindly ask you the question, well, Have you been reading your Bible? Have you been reading your Bible? And I think that's a good question because, like, if you if you um, if you say I can't hear from God, but yet you're not reading God's Word, I, I think you need. I think that could be that's on you. I think you just need to open God's Word. I'll give you this example. When I was in college, my roommate was he, we. His name was Braxton Hinton. We were jokesters, or we loved to joke. Now, one day, I pulled up into Mississippi College's little dorm room, and, I, and I, when I pulled up, his car was all cattywampus in the parking spot. And I love Tootsie Rolls. And if you don't like Tootsie Rolls, don't come to my house on Halloween. Matter of fact, if you don't like Tootsie Rolls, just um, don't talk to me, okay? Because Tootsie Rolls are awesome. I was just got through eating this huge jumbo Tootsie Roll. I rip the little white paper that it comes in. I rip it and write, learn how to drive, bro. And stick it right there on his window in between his little windshield wiper. And I leave it and I'm gone. And so that night, he comes in and he is furious. He says, Drake, can you believe what somebody wrote? Had the audacity to write on my car? They wrote me a note and it says, learn how to drive, bro. I said, no, but nobody. I cannot believe anybody would ever do that. And this went on for probably three, four, five weeks. I can't remember. But it would, we would talk about it at least like once a week. And, you know, I can't believe. Do you know who wrote that wrote? No, I don't know who wrote that wrote. Do you know who wrote that wrote? Oh, no, man, that's, that's crazy. Until one night about five weeks later, I was reading in the book of Proverbs, and the book of Proverbs says this. <laughs> I'll, I'm not going to quote it word for word. I really don't know exactly word for word, but here it goes. If you're playing a joke on your friend and it causes you to lie and you think it's funny, then you are evil. <laughs> I read that first and I looked at Brax and I said, Brax, I've just been convicted by God and I've been convicted by the Holy Spirit and I've been convicted by God's word. I need to confess something to you. And he called me Brother Nelson back then. And he just looks in and he said, all right, Brother Nelson, what do you have? I said, well, he, he was my roommate. He was sitting in the bed right there beside me. I said, well, you know that note <laughs> that somebody left on your car? He said, yeah. I said, that was me. <laughs> he just dies laughing. He's like, you scoundrel, you, you little brother Nelson, I cannot believe. I, and, I, and I opened the Bible up and I read him that verse. I was like, yeah, but I read this verse. You see that? I'm a terrible person. I'm sorry. I had to confess my sins, one, one believer in front of another. But if it wouldn't have been for God's word, I wouldn't have uh, had the illumination that I needed to repent to Braxton. I mean, I, in my mind, it was like, I'm just playing a joke. It's fine. It's whatever. And then I read God's word, and then it illuminated. It allowed me, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> it allowed me to hear from God. 
You see that? You see that? So I would ask, if you're not hearing from God, first thing to do, very first thing is pray and then read God's Word. See if you can find something in there. But here's the next question. Is this. Well, well, what if I have a question that's not in God's Word? Then what? Because God's Word is general about a lot of things, but it's very specific about some things, but some things it's not so specific on. And so if I'm thinking, what job to take? Where should I go? Who should I date? Why should I date? What should, um, what, what, uh, I don't know. Should I take a left or right to get to McDonald's, God? You know, I mean, I don't know. The question that what we need isn't in here. You can't find it. What do you do then? Here's what I would say. Here's what I would say. If you take notes, write this down. It's going to blow your mind, and this is great. It's one line or one sentence, and um, here we go. If that's you, use your brain. <laughs> my, uh, my funny people are like, oh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, But no, seriously, use your brain. God, get, this is how my mom used to tell it to me when, when I would, when I would um, not put my seatbelt on, and I would kind of quote, you know, well, if God wants me to die, I'll die. So then she would say, Drake, put your seatbelt on because God gave you a brain, son, and use it. Put the seatbelt on right now or I'm stopping the car. And God gave me a brain to know I don't want my mom to stop the car because that was a real bad situation. But God gave you a brain, use your brain, right? Let me, get, let me, let me t- show you this in Scripture. Like we see this from Paul. Paul is writing to the Corinth church. He's writing and he, in the book of 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 7, Paul is writing, by the way, to these this group of people, and he has a, a situation come up, and he, and, and he says, I don't know. I haven't heard from God. I don't, I, don't, I don't know. I haven't found it in God's Word. I don't know. Here's what he says. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 25, latter part of 25. It says this. Drake, slow down talking, bro. Okay, I'll take a breath. I do not have a command from the Lord for them. I do not have a command from the Lord for them, but <clears throat> the Lord in His mercy, has given me wisdom that can be trusted, and I will share it with you. Do you see that? God gave me wisdom. I don't have a word from God. I didn't see it in God's word, but He gave me wisdom. I'm going to share it with you. It can be trusted. Earlier in verse 12 of the same chapter, he says this, Paul speaking, Now I will speak to the rest of you, though I do not have a direct command from God. And so when you can't find it in God's word, and, 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 and when you we prayed about it, you haven't heard, you haven't heard from God, here's what I would say. Number two, God gave you a brain, son, daughter, God gave you a brain, use it. Say, all right, A, I got B, A makes way more sense than B, I'm going left, McDonald's that way. And that's just a funny little story, but really... I, 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 I don't know, should I punish my kid this way? Should I punish my kid this way? Should I spank him or should I discipline him? Should I give him something when he does good? Should I spank him when he does bad? Or should I do both? I don't know. God's Word says, you know, I can, I can see it both ways, whatever you say. All right, God gave you a brain, son, use it. And that was the example that doesn't hold up to the best. But you get what I'm saying. At, question number three I would ask is this, and I think this is where, where we're at. You would ask this question. Am I alone? I mean, I have not heard from God 
And like, it's been like 13 days since I've heard for God. I've been praying and praying and praying every single night for 13 nights. And I have not heard from God. Better yet, even worse, I've been praying for 13 years. Year after year after year after year. Praying the same thing, same prayer, same plea to God. And yet I have not heard from God. It's been radio silence. And I want to know, am I the only one? If you have ever been in here... I want to answer that for you. If you have ever been in here and you felt like there, you, you, have, you have been through a silent night where you have prayed, you have not heard from God, you had no idea of a decision to make, you were willingly trying to hear from God, but yet there was no, you heard nothing, nothing. Just raise your hand in here this morning if, you've, if that's ever been you and you know what it feels like to be a silent night, in the silent night. You all are much more spiritual than I would have ever thought. No, really, like, really, like, raise your hand. If you've ever been there, and you'll see what I'm talking about, raise your hand. If you've ever been somewhere in your life, every single person, if you've ever been in this, like, every single person that feels this way, you've ever been somewhere where you're like, God, I need an answer. I need a revelation. I need to hear from you. I need something from you. And you felt like there was a time that you, you might have saw it later. You might have seen it 10 years later, 10 minutes later, 10 months later. But there was a time when it was radio silence that you didn't hear God you didn't know where God was just raise your hand if that's you you've ever been you just raise your hand okay here I want you to keep your hands up keep your hands up and if that's you right now I just want you to look around I just want you to look around look at all the hands up put them way up way up where where people can see them just look around that's you're not alone you are not alone you are not alone David even wrote, he wrote in Psalm 22, he wrote this. King David, the David, the the King David, I would argue next to Jesus, one of the most famous biblical characters that we all have, he, in Psalm 22, he felt this way. He, he writes, in Psalm 22, <laughs> he writes this. He says, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Why are you so far away when I groan for help? Every day I call to you, my God, but you do not answer. Every night I lift my voice, but I find no relief. I mean, this is David. This is the David. And he is praying, pleading in this moment. My God, where are you? Every day I cry out and I hear no answer. Every night I cry out and I find no relief. I mean, this is the David. And if he felt this way, just want you to know, hello, you are not alone in going to the silent night where you don't hear from God. You are not alone. And this is in Psalm 22. Do you know what comes after Psalm 22? You are good at math. Look at you go. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I mean, this is the most famous passage of Scripture, I would say, probably, in the whole Bible. And this came right after, God, I cry out, and I don't hear you. God, I ask, and I don't receive. God, where are you? Right after Psalm 22, David wrote, boom, Psalm 23. It's just right around the corner. And I'm saying, my point is this. My point is that, A, you're not alone, and B, don't give up, because your Psalm 23 might just be around the corner. It might just be one step away. And I mean, I'm, and I know I get excited, and that's a good thing, I think. But here's, the, here's my analogy that I, that I 
seem to look at it. Okay, if I'm walking and this is a tunnel and I keep walking one step, two step, three step, four step, five step, and all of this has been through a black, dark tunnel. It's been a silent night. I haven't heard from God. Don't know where God is. And I don't even see the light at the end of the tunnel. So God, so Drake, what do I do in these moments? And here's what I would say. I would say take five, six, seven steps, eight, nine, ten steps. Keep walking. And you may not see the light at the end of the tunnel but the light of the world is the one who says I will walk beside you in the tunnel I will take you through the tunnel I will take you through the valley of the shadow of death I will walk with it through you I will carry you through and don't quit don't stop just because you don't hear from God because you're Psalm 23 the light at the end of the tunnel what you need may be just a few steps away so don't stop Don't stop praying, don't stop asking, don't stop seeking, don't stop picking up the phone, don't stop praying, don't stop reading. You just breathed for me, thank you. I don't know who that was, but thank you so much for breathing for me. Yes. (laughs) All right, last question that I have to to ask. Um, I feel like I need to tell a joke or something, just to lighten the mood. All right, I'll tell a joke. I'm not only not only am I scared of uh, foxes, I am petrified, by the way, of uh, foxes and then um, cows. I hate cows, and here's why. When I was young, do you like cows? I, I mean, I like to eat them. Hamburgers is fine. Steaks is fine. Even better. But I mean, as far as they go, I cannot stand cows. When I was younger, I was probably I don't know, maybe ten or eleven at the time. Me and my dad, maybe maybe nine, I don't know. Me and my dad, we went turkey hunting, and we were turkey hunting, and we would often turkey hunt in these fields. And we got to walking one day, and as we walked, there was a cow that just kind of came up and started looking at us. And I'm with my dad now, and so I'm like, I'm about to scare, I'm about to scare the mess out of this cow. And I'm with my dad, anything's possible. So I just kind of jump at him like that, and this cow just freaks out and runs away. I'm like, yeah, you mess with me, you mess with, you know, you, yeah, I got my dad here, you ain't, you ain't playing. So we go do a little turkey call, and one just oh, hits over there, but then one hits oh, over here. And so dad's like, oh, I'm going to go after this one, son. Remember this thing about hunting alone? I was, I was so scared. I just cried the whole way. But he was, uh, I just went. He's like, you, I'm going to go after this one, and you go after this one over here, and then we'll reconvene. I had a phone at this time, and, and we'll talk about it, see if we can get two turkeys down. And so I did. I, I got to walking until I got in the middle of the field. There's this one huge tree. There's one tree in the middle of the field. I was just like, this is a good, pretty good spot to see it. So I just sit. I'm calling. And then, don't you know it, Ferdinand comes on back, and this time he has his dad and his dad's dad, and all his dad's friends, and 50 cows surround the tree that I'm sitting under, and they make a perfect circle, a perfect circle, and they're surrounding me, and I'm sweating now, just like, I mean, this is terrible, I don't know, what do I do, I'm freaking out, so I have three options that I defer, I say, well, option number one, I'm just going to pick up my phone, I'm going to call my dad, so that's what I do, I get my phone, I just call, get to calling, but some things never change, Miss Melanie, some things never change, I had lost my phone, It was like laying in a tire track or something somewhere. I didn't know where it was at the time. I found it later. Anyway, I was like, man, I can't do this. I can't. Now, so that was option number one. That's out the window. Can't call dad. So option number two, I said, I'm just going to high step it out here. I had a gun this time. I was like, but no, that wouldn't work. They're going to 
They're going to like attack me. I don't know. I'd watch too many rodeos. You're going to trample me to death. I'm going to die out here in Missouri hunting a turkey. No, I, that's absolutely not my best idea. I thought, well, I could climb a tree. I guess that would be option number three, but I can't climb. It's way too high, and I'm like nine. So option number four is what? Do you know this option? Boom, boom, and I'm like running out of there. At the end of the day, cows are running everywhere. They're going crazy. I, they're, they're not following me. I'm high-stepping it on the other side of the fence. I finally get on the other side of the fence. I get back to my dad. He says, Drake, I heard you shoot. You kill anything? I said, no, sir. <laughs> he still don't know I was shooting at cows. <laughs> he does now, I reckon. Man, hate cows. Love to eat them, but... Last question I want to answer and, and, and even ask is this, and I think it's the most important question would be, why at times is God silent? I mean, we, we know that he is, he's been silent, now, but why? Why is God silent? Can you give me an answer? I think I can. Turn with me if you have your Bible to Job chapter 1. Job chapter 1. Why is God silent? Probably the most important question that we have to ask. Job chapter 1, verse 13, and it reads something like this. One day, Job 1, verse 13, one day when Job's sons and daughters were feasting at the oldest brother's house, verse 14, a messenger arrived at Job's home with this news. Your oxen were plowing with the donkeys, feeding beside them. When the Sabians raided us, they stole all the animals and killed all the farmhands. I am the only one who escaped to tell you. Verse 16, while he was still speaking. While he was still speaking. Have you ever been there, you know, in your life when you get bad news that, I don't know, maybe your mom has gotten cancer now, and, and, and just after hearing this bad news, you get a phone call, say you've missed about two payments on a, on a house note, they're coming quickly. I mean, just when you think it can't get no worse, it just starts piling on top of each other. When, while he was still speaking, another messenger arrived with this news. The fire of God has fallen from heaven and burned up your sheep and all the shepherds. I am the only one who escaped to tell you. Verse 17, while he was still speaking, a third messenger arrived with this news. Three bands of Chaldean raiders have stolen your camels and they have killed your servants. I'm the only one who escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another messenger arrived with this news. Your sons and your daughters were feasting in their oldest brother's home. Suddenly, a powerful windstorm swept in from the wilderness and hit the house on all sides. The house collapsed and all your children, they're dead. I'm the only one who escaped to tell you. I mean, this is almost like comical. But unless you've ever been there, when just when you thought it couldn't get any worse, it got worse. I mean, just when you hit rock bottom, the floor gave in, and there was just another level that you had to go through. Just when you thought it couldn't get any worse, it just high-stepped it, and it got even... I, I remember, like, even this is a good example, last week, last Sunday, I was kind of... Last week was just a bad week, whatever, whatever, just stress, anxiety, whatever. So I, go, I get to my house, I'm just like, ah, you know, I just kind of like 
relax. I'm sitting there on my couch. And I, don't, I don't know how long I sit there for, like an hour or two. I can't remember. I just sit there. I remember like 3 or 4 o'clock. Um, Kat comes in there, and she's like, hey, babe, um, I know that you seem like you're, you know, uh, let me let, come in. Come in here. So I'm like, okay, whatever. I walk in there, and uh, she says, now, Drake, when I am dealing with a lot and have a lot on my plate, when I'm dealing with a lot and have a lot on my plate, I tend to just take a bubble bath, and that really helps. I said, I don't, babe, I don't think it works like that. I've never taken a bath in my life. I don't know why I start now, but I've learned because I'm a husband. I'm a new husband. I've learned quickly, Mr. John, that when your wife tells you to do something, just like nod and say, yes, ma'am, go ahead and do it. So I, was like, I did that. So I'm sitting in there. I'm like, okay, well, this isn't too bad now. I'm in the bubble bath, and, and you know, it's whatever. It's, anyways, I finally kind of get relaxed, and... About this time, I kind of lean back, and she had, she's amazing. She had, like, Reese's in there because, I mean, I, Tootsie Rolls are definitely number one. Reese's are, like, two or three or four way down the line, but Reese's are good, too. She had some Reese's in there, so I'm, like, eating them and getting fat. And then, there, then she had put these candles in there. I don't know. She was, like, really trying to, like, de-stress me. She did it. I don't, I don't know. It was crazy. And so I lean back, and I finally just take a big breath in, and I feel like I'm relaxed now. And I just have to smell something. I said, what? What is this? I said, cat, 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 come in here. Come in here. Come in here. She runs in. I just dunked under the water. I had laid my head back in the candle. My hair was on fire. It was literally on fire. I had to shower like three times after that just to get the smell of death and burnt hair off of my body. It was awful. Just when, you know, you like relax and ah, think everything's going good, you wake up to just some burning hair. It's like, you. I mean, and this is where Job was. Significantly worse. Significantly worse he was. But just when you think, you know, you've got it and you go to relax, it even gets worse for Job. This is where he finds himself. And in verse 20, get, get what Job does. Get what Job does. Job stood up and tore his robe in grief. You're like, Drake, are you really this dumb or do you just make these stories up? No, I'm really this dumb. And these, like, I don't know. I just, I, 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 I try to look smart today. So Job stood up and tore his robe in grief. Then he, he shaved his head. He didn't burn it. He shaved it and fell to the ground. And you read the next word. You read the next word. What does it say? It says, in worship. He fell to the ground. He shaved his head, tore his clothes in grief. And then when everything had been taken from him, his friends, his family, his property, his home, his house, everything that he had, and eventually his health would be taken, and everything, the worst day, the midnight of Job's life, what does it say he did? He worshiped God. And this is what he said. He said, I came naked from my mother's womb, and I will be naked when I leave. The Lord has giveth, and the Lord has taketh away. Praise the name of the Lord. And in all this, Job did not sin by blaming God. And I'm like, wow, could I learn to be a Job? Wow, could I learn to be a Job? Could I please learn to be a Job? And then guess what happens? Chapter 4 comes, and his friends come, and chapter Seven comes, and nine comes, and twelve, and fifteen, and eighteen. 
And all these chapters go by, all happen. And Job has one plea and one question. He says, God, I don't deserve this. God, I did not deserve this. He tells his friends, hey, I didn't deserve this. He tells God, I didn't deserve this. And then he has one plea, one question. He says, God, why did you take everything from me? I have only been a man of integrity. I was blameless. I didn't do anything wrong. I've always helped the, the sick and the weak and the poor. I've done good to all those even the ones who have harmed me. God, why? And he goes on like this, asking one question. Why, God? Give me an answer. For 38 chapters, for 38 chapters, he pleads like this. And guess what? In all 38 chapters, he does not hear one word, not one drop, not one iota, not one static of the telephone from God, all the way until chapter 38. Until chapter 38. And in chapter 38, God, Job hears from God and God answers. And get this, get this, Job 38. Job 38. It says, Then the Lord answered Job from the whirlwind. Now, if you remember back in chapter 1, it said the whirlwind was what was taken Job's family. Do you remember this? It was the wind that came. And isn't it funny that how sometimes, I'm going to make this up as I go, and I hope it's going to be good. I think it will. Okay. Sometimes God uses what you went through and what caused you the deepest pain to give you your truer revelation of who He is. Isn't it funny how God will take what caused you the deepest pain, what caused the midnight, to flip it around, and then He will use that to give you a revelation about who He is and what He has in store for your life. And He grew from this. And in Job, in Job 38, verse 2, it says this. The Lord answered Job from the whirlwind, Who is it that questions my wisdom with such ignorant words? Brace yourself like a man, because I have some questions for you, and you must answer them. Verse 4, Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you know so much. Who determined its dimensions or stretched out? It's surveying line. Who supports the foundations of his cornerstone? I mean, did you tell the ocean to just stop? No, you didn't. And in 38 chapters, he finally hears from God. And you know what God does not give him? Do you know what God does not give him? It's about four chapters long, this discussion between God and Job. And God gives two speeches. They call it two soliloquies. And both of God's, the Lord's soliloquies, he never ever give Job his answer. Never, not one time. All he does is start asking a bunch of questions. That's what God does. And at the end of it, Job said this. After his two-part soliloquy, Job said... Up until this time, I have only ever heard about you, but now I have heard from you, and now I know you. And Job, for 38 chapters, did not get a word from God. And even when he did, he did not get the answer that he wanted, but he got the answer that he needed. And I will say this, it might be radio silence for 38 chapters in your life or for 38 years of your life. Theologians believe that between chapter 1 and chapter 38, about 75 years had went by. I believe it's less than that, probably about 50, but we really don't know. Regardless, a significant amount of time has went by in these, in these chapters, and God and Job had not heard one word from God. But when God answered him, 
When he did, it took a while, but when he did, he got what he needed, not what he wanted. And I say the same thing is true in your life. It may be 38 chapters, it may be 38 years, it may be 50 years, it may be a significant time, it may be a short time, but regardless of what it is, God will answer, he will come through, he will deliver, and he will fight for you. He might not give you what you want, but he will give you what you need. Take it to the bank, it will happen every single time in your life and every single time in my life. It will come to pass you believe that some you do some you don't I'll conclude and I'll I'll say this what's the last chapter in the uh, Old Testament do you know last chapter in the Old Testament anybody Malachi, right, yep, yep, Malachi. And then when you flip over from Malachi, good job, thank you, by the way. When you flip over from Malachi, you, um, in your Bibles, you will see, let me see if I see this in my Bible. I think it will say New Testament, Malachi. I think there'll be a little bit, Malachi. And yeah, you flip a page and it says the New Testament. Does yours say that? Maybe not, maybe it does. And then you flip another page and it's Matthew. So it's just a really like one-page flip. It's just a one-page flip. You go from Malachi to Matthew. But do you know from when the last time, the last word that was written in Malachi up until the first word that was written in Matthew, almost 400 years went by from Malachi to Matthew, almost 400 years. Theologians call this the silent years between the two testaments. I mean, I can just imagine little LJ coming up in this time, in the silent years, and saying, Dad, have you ever heard from God? No, son, I haven't. Well, has, um, has dad's dad ever heard from God? No, he hasn't either. Well, what about dad's dad's dad? What about his grandfather or his grandfather or his grandfather? No, son. In fact, we have not heard from God in 400 years. We have not heard from God. But yeah, the 400 years of silence was broken not by the sound of a trumpet or horn, but it was broken by the cry of a baby. And that cry of a baby soon turned to agony on a cross in his 33 year ministry God and Jesus never gave the answer that people wanted well sometimes he did but a lot of times he didn't but what happened every single time is that Jesus gave the answer that they needed and what was that answer that answer that people needed was himself and so in this silent treatment it was answered what not with a blasting of a trumpet or some amazing soliloquy that we saw in Job but it was answered with a baby's cry and they got everything that they needed and so do we and so do we I'll conclude and I'll say this we're in this series called Midnight Worship and Job 13 and, and, and maybe some of you are saying this Drake that's all well and good that's all well and good oh your notes oh look at that good job good studying I'm glad you brought that to us brother thank you I love you so much. But does God see me? Does he see what I'm going through? And right in the middle of Job, in Job chapter 13, when he's going through everything that he's going through with his friends, he says this, and maybe this is where you are today, right in the middle, he says, Though you slay me, 
you know this? Though you have slain me, I will trust in you. And that's what I'm saying today, is that though he slay, though we don't hear, though we go through silence, though we go through a time, though we're walking through the tunnel, yet I will trust in him, I will continue to praise him, I will continue to worship him, I will continue to walk by faith and not by sight. I might not hear him, but I know he's there. I might not see him, but I know he's watching. God, I pray that you give me a word. God, I pray that I will see you. But more importantly, I will stand right in the middle of what I'm going through, right in the difficulty, right in the circumstance, right in the silence, right in the unknown and the unfamiliar, I will stand right here and I will trust God, I will praise God, I will worship God, I will stand right here in the middle of my midnight and I will not forsake my God. He may not give me the answer that I want, but I know that He is the answer that I need. God, thank you for everything that you've given us today. God, I pray that you would lead us into knowledge and wisdom and God, I pray that you would speak, but even when you don't, even when we can't hear you, I pray that we would still continue to put our trust in you. I pray that we continue to praise you, God. In your name I pray. Amen and amen.